Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Mike Agnew, pastor at the church, and it's great to have you listening to our sermons. We are located at 531 West Main Street in Cherokee, Iowa. And if you want to check us out in person, we have Sunday school at 9 o'clock and then worship at 1010. If you want to find out more about what's going on, you can find us on our website at www.cherokeemethodist.com, or you can find us on Facebook as well. Now, today we are continuing our series of sermons looking at different statements that are not in the Bible. Always interesting, because when, when you think about sermons, you think that we would talk about what is in the Bible, and we do. We are. We're still in the Bible. But these are statements that sound right, they sound good, they sound religious, they seem like they should be in the Bible, but they aren't. However, most of these have a foundation in the Bible, a verse or a number of verses that seem to be saying the statement. But what is usually the case is that the verses are either taken out of context or simply misinterpreted. And so today, we're going to look at the saying that says, money is the root of all evil. Now, that saying certainly sounds true. It may seem that way at times, right? I mean, many people have been ruined by money. Every now and then, there's a news story about a business person caught up in financial schemes or even uh, fraudulent activity, and they are brought to ruin. Uh, Many wealthy people are brought to ruin, especially those who get it all of a sudden, like winning the lottery. Oftentimes, the person doesn't know what to do with it. They end up spending it really quickly, and then they're in over their heads. For some people, though, on the other hand, the lack of money is the root of all evil, right? If Some people literally don't have enough money for necessities. For a lot of people, though, they have enough money for their necessities, but maybe not enough for the lifestyle that they want. And so, therefore, they may feel like the lack of money is the root of all evil, although we could otherwise term that the desire for more money. But is money in and of itself evil? Let's look at scripture to find out. Our scripture today is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. Let me read it for you. This is from the Common English Bible, so it may sound different than you sometimes are used to hearing. It says, Godliness is a great source of profit when it is combined with being happy with what you already have. We didn't bring anything into the world, and so we can't take anything out of it. We'll be happy with food and clothing. But people who are trying to get rich fall into temptation. They are trapped by many stupid and harmful passions that plunge people into ruin and destruction. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some have wandered away from the faith and have impaled themselves with a lot of pain because they made money their goal. But as for you, man of God, run away from all these things. Instead, pursue righteousness, holy living, faithfulness, love, endurance, and gentleness. All right, so this scripture is talking about contentment with what we have. And then we get to verse 10, and look at this. It says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not money itself. The love of money. So money is not a moral thing. It's a tool that can be used for good or evil, wisely or foolishly, uh, to bless others or in a more self-centered way. But money in and of itself is not evil. 
It can be used for great good. And indeed, the church has always needed and used money to do the work of God. Our church here at St. Paul's takes seriously the stewardship of what is given to make a difference in the world locally and globally. Going back in the Bible, the Bible uh, has instances where money was used to build and maintain the temple and the sacrificial system in the Old Testament and to help the poor. In the New Testament, same thing. Jesus, just like any ministry, Jesus' ministry needed to be financially supported, right? They have to eat, they have to sleep, they have to, you know, they have to be financially supported. And so we know from the Gospels that Jesus was financially supported by a number of wealthy men and women. Most people in his community of followers would sell what they had and use the money for the common good of their group. And so the need for money is why it's taught in the Old Testament to give a tithe or 10% of your income. In the New Testament, the tithe is still a practice, though Jesus emphasizes more cheerful giving and giving sacrificially, what, whatever that means as far as your percentage of your income. In the New Testament letters of Paul, Paul oftentimes mentions an offering that he's collecting from the non-Jewish Gentile churches. He's collecting this offering from all these different churches, and he's going to bring it to the Jerusalem church. That's kind of like the headquarters, and uh, the headquarters of, in particular, the Jewish version of, of Christianity, I guess. At this time, Christianity was not a separate religion, and the Jewish Christians had a very different idea of what it meant to follow Jesus than the non-Jewish Christians did. There was a lot of controversy about that, whether or not you needed to follow the Jewish law and customs. And so Paul was bringing this money to Jerusalem, thinking that it would make a difference, that perhaps it would bring peace between the non-Jewish and the Jewish followers of Christ. It didn't work, by the way, but it was a worthy effort. So both churches... Organizations and individuals can use money wisely or irresponsibly. We've all heard stories of churches and nonprofits who have squandered people's money or even scammed them out of their money and caused great harm in the process. We can use it wisely or irresponsibly, but money is not a moral thing. It is a necessary thing, and so we should get our hands on it. You might be surprised to hear me say that, but if money can be used for great good, why wouldn't Christians want to get as much of it as they possibly can? John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, had three simple rules for money. Earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. So let me explain that briefly. Earn all you can. It's as simple as it sounds. Get as much money as you can. Earn it. Work hard. Now, there are some caveats, however. He says that we should earn it honestly and in a way that does not harm ourselves or harm others. So if you are just overworking yourself, wearing yourself out to get as much money as possible, John Wesley would say that's not a good thing. You want to be able to take care of yourself. You want to be able to have time for your family and the things that are important to you. And if you're overworking too much, then you're sacrificing those things, and that's not in the spirit of this, this rule for money. Also, if you are hurting people, other people, 
cheating people out of money that they deserve. If you're working for a place that supports the idea of not paying fair wages, uh, not caring about people, uh, maybe scamming them or cheating them out of something, then that's a problem, right? We want to earn all we can, but do it in an honest way that doesn't harm ourselves or harm others. The second rule is to save all you can. Now, this he's not talking about hoarding exorbitant amounts of money for a rainy day, although having a rainy day fund of a certain amount is okay. But, you know, he's not talking about just hoarding uh, insane amounts of money. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking basically be prudent. Don't just spend everything you have on yourself right away, which can be a temptation. But he says, be wise about how you spend your money. Don't be so quick to spend it. Because if you earn, what good is earning all you can if you just spend it right away? Then you don't really help others if you're spending it all on yourself. So once you earn it, you want to keep it, meaning you want to be careful about how you use it. You want to use it wisely. You want to use it with discernment. And then he says, give all you can. Give all you can, right? We remember Jesus was talking about giving sacrificially. So instead of asking the question, how much do I have to give? We, we should ask the question, how much can I give? That's what John Wesley did. So when he, you know, he gave a certain amount to the church when he was young. And then as he grew older, he, his income increased as oftentimes happens. He had royalties from books and such. And so his income increased, but as his income increased, instead of increasing his lifestyle quality, he would give more and live on the same amount he had before. Now, obviously, inflation and wages not keeping up with inflation can make that harder to live by. Uh, it may be that as you earn more, you need more to live on. But if you're giving a certain percentage to churches and nonprofits, and you keep that percentage, it should increase automatically. And then the third thing he said is, well, I already went over the third thing, but there's nothing wrong with having money. That's what these three simple rules communicate. There's nothing wrong with having money. It's all about what you do with it. The love of money is the root of all evil. In the context, he talks again about the wealthy ruining themselves, especially those who get rich quick. He says, you know, basically foolish and harmful desires can lead to an unsustainable lifestyle and unimaginable, unmanageable debt. Sometimes more trouble than those who have less money to begin with. He even says that some eager for money have wandered from the faith. Now, why would that be? Well, basically, it's harder to see your need for God if you have so much money, you have everything you need physically. But it's not guaranteed that if you have a lot of money, that's going to happen, but it can happen. Yeah, I, mean, I think of the story of Jesus and the rich young man the man is interested in following Jesus and Jesus, you know, he says he follows all the commandments and Jesus says, great, sell all you have and come follow me. Or I should say, sell all you have, give the money to the poor and come follow me. Now, some people say that this was a test and that if he had agreed to do that, Jesus would say, oh, okay, no, no, I, that was just a test. I didn't actually mean you need to sell all your money. But I actually think he was serious. Number one, because that's literally what people did in those days. Literally, the followers of Jesus would sell what they have and use the money to support the community and to give to the poor. And so I think Jesus was actually serious about that. Now, we're not asking you to do that today. 
we, we live in a different context, a different type of community. That's not necessarily even a wise thing to do. But it is just a story or an example of a man who allowed his love of money to derail him from following Jesus. Jesus taught elsewhere that we cannot serve both God and money. It has to be one or the other. Now, obviously, we have to deal with money. But which one is our master? Which one do we love more, God or money? So what I'm teaching you here is that there's not a certain income level that guarantees ruin, right? Jesus routinely worked with wealthy people. Some of his followers were wealthy. It's what we do with the money that has moral value, not the money itself or any particular income level. This is not a stewardship sermon. I'm not trying to get you to give more to the church. You know, back in December, we were behind on our budget. And even then, I didn't really want to push you that much or guilt you into giving something that you otherwise wouldn't give. I just let you know where we were at, asked you to think of St. Paul's at the end of the year. And by golly, you rose to the challenge. For those that are members of our church I'm talking about or attend our church, they rose to the challenge. And because they were so generous, we ended the year in the black. But even if we hadn't, that wouldn't affect my view that the people here at St. Paul's are very generous. This, this idea and talking about this issue of money, it's an opportunity for us to take stock in how we use our money and what it says about ourselves. Our checkbook or our budget can be a good barometer of our spiritual health. If you have sufficient funds, and not everybody does, but if you have sufficient funds, a good question to ask is, how are you using it to bless others? Not, it's not the only way to be a blessing, but it's a significant way to be a blessing. You know, how can you help people? How can you help individuals with your money? How can you help nonprofits or the church with your money? You know, get creative. Money can be a trap if we're not careful, or it can be a great blessing. The choice is yours. Amen. God bless and have a great week.